You're listening to episode six of the Better Than Healthy podcast, the one where we talk about comparison. Welcome to the Better Than Healthy podcast, where I help you go beyond the numbers and rules you were taught about health to create the results that you really want, feeling better, consistently taking care of yourself and loving yourself more. I'm your host, Ashley Brathman. Let's dive in. Hello. So I know last week I said we were going to do 10 episodes around my take of the 10 principles of intuitive eating. And we are still going to do that. But something happened this morning and I just had to get on there and record this podcast episode while it's fresh in my brain because a concept solidified in my head and I just had to share it with you. And that concept is all about comparing yourself because I know and I have grasped the concept for a long time that it's not you useful to compare yourself to other people. And I've heard all those phrases like comparison is the thief of joy. And it goes beyond comparing yourself to other people. Because yes, that is not helpful because what's best for somebody else is not going to be best for you. But what about comparing yourself to yourself? Because I know I heard this all the time of you're only in competition with yourself, of just getting a little bit better than you were yesterday, and of having that be the goal of trying to improve yourself. And the way we assess that is by comparing ourselves to ourselves. But we already know that comparison is the thief of joy, yet we are spending our time trying to compare ourselves to who we used to be, who we want to be, and all that does is take away our joy. Yet it's promoted to us that it is useful and beneficial to compare yourself to yourself because that's a way to assess progress. But is it really a useful thing for us to be doing in comparing ourselves to ourselves? Because from what I realized this morning is it's not at all helpful to compare yourself to yourself in a couple of ways. The first way being, and this is what brought this to my attention today and started me with thinking about this concept because it's been a while since I've done yoga. Yoga is something a few years ago that I did all the time. And funny enough, the reason I stopped doing yoga is actually a diet culture reason. And I had stopped doing yoga a couple of years ago now because at the time I had become very obsessed with reaching my step count. I was wearing like the watch, had it all the time and what always frustrated me with yoga is even though it made my body feel good, it did nothing to help me get to that step count. So in short story, that's a topic for a different time. But I stopped doing yoga and I've done it here or there but for years now I haven't done it consistently. And so this morning when I was doing yoga and in one of the poses, I saw my brain going to comparing myself to when I used to do yoga consistently. And so I was judging not feeling as strong going down into the, I'm forgetting the actual name of it right now, but the push-up and the sunset salutation thing with it. Forgetting the actual names of it now because it's been a while since I've done it. And I felt comparing my strength, also comparing my flexibility of being like, oh wow, my hip feels a lot tighter than it used to. And I felt my energy in my emotions dropping like crazy during this time when I was comparing myself because the reason I decided to do yoga is because I was thinking I was like oh my body always felt so good when I was doing yoga I love how it helps my body feel I love the flexibility I love the strength and that's what inspired me to do it and then as I was doing it watching my brain and this is a skill that we start using to shift our beliefs by just watching ourselves because building awareness is so helpful and it really is the first step of change so watching myself while doing this and 
seeing the judgments I was having about my body now compared to years ago when I did yoga consistently and I was just feeling guilty for stopping. I was feeling shame. Like, how did I lose my flexibility? And then I started blaming myself. I'm like, oh, this is why my back's been bothering me more lately. And going down this path that made me want to stop doing yoga, because that's what happens when we start making ourselves feel bad is our energy level drops. And if we aren't aware of these thoughts, like if these were happening unconsciously, because previously I would do this and I wasn't aware of these thoughts that were causing me to feel bad. So then I just started feeling like, oh, I don't like doing yoga. I just feel bad during it. But when you start to grow the awareness of your thinking that's happening, that is producing those feelings for you, that's when you start getting to change things because it's not just the activity or the thing that's happening around you, but you understand it's how you're thinking about it that is creating your experience of it. And when you understand it's your thinking that is creating your experience, then you have control over changing your experience in any situation. And there will be always be situations where you want to experience it in a negative way or an uncomfortable way. But that's where you start getting so much more of the control and power that we really are all looking for. And that mentality that I had learned back in the time frame when I was more so exercising as a means to lose weight or keep my body a certain way or to change my body is that philosophy I was in competition with myself, getting better than I was yesterday. And that's so not helpful, especially in the whole comparison. Like what if you get worse in quote unquote, sense way. I'm not actually worse than I was then. But in that way, my flexibility isn't as far as it used to be. And what we subconsciously do, I'm not saying we consciously are doing this, but subconsciously, I would make something like that mean that I wasn't as good, that I was no longer as good as I used to be as a person as my worth. And that's what we do subconsciously with that, even though it's just a muscle isn't able to stretch as far as it used to. So when you're in competition with your self and bringing self in taking opinion of ourselves from that competition, taking the value of ourselves from that, then anytime something changes in our life that maybe is outside of our control, then we are, our opinion of ourself is subject to change because of that circumstance, which puts us at the effect of our life versus us being able to be in control of our life because we know we are the ones who are creating our experience with it based on how we're thinking about it. Because I thought about this years ago when I was healing my own relationship with my body is I was playing around with body positivity and body neutrality and I liked body positivity in the sense of accepting and appreciating all bodies because we're not all meant to look the same or to be the same in any sort of way. We all are unique. And so I appreciated that about body positivity, but I also didn't really like the way I looked at the time. So I would wasn't fully resonating with me. And then I came across the body neutrality movement, which body neutrality is more so the approach of appreciating what your body is capable of doing, which we have a lot more control over what our body can do in a lot of ways than we do over the appearance side of it. And obviously there are things that can happen that impact how we, what we're able to do. So it's not fully in our control because what I was thinking about when I was doing this is I didn't fully like the idea of basing my opinion of my body over what I was physically able to do. Probably now that I'm looking back on it because I already had this comparison of like comparing myself to when I was 
Because this is where my brain took it. I would start comparing what I was physically capable of doing to when I was in high school playing sports 10 months out of the year, playing travel sports. And also I grew up on a farm. So I was like doing labor too. And I would compare where I was at physically already with that time frame. So there was something about this where I was like, I didn't really love the body neutrality either, but probably some level because of this comparison I already had. But also I thought like I could get in a car accident tomorrow, like knock on would that that doesn't happen and that would change the capabilities of what I'm able to do and if I'm basing what I'm thinking about my body based on what I'm able to do then I will completely lose my identity afterwards and I mean I've heard of this happening with some athletes as soon as they stop doing that where their identity was wrapped up in what they were doing physically and then they don't really know who they were anymore because they were basing that value and that worth off of physical capabilities, which is why I use a combined approach to, of these to appreciate what our body can do, accept our body as it is, but we can love ourselves unconditionally without basing it on any of these external factors. It's just in society, we believe a lot of times that our opinions are coming from outside of us and from the facts around us, like things that we can look around and see, but then they're always subject to changing based on what we can see and what we can actually observe. Versus if you think about somebody that you love unconditionally, does your opinion of them change if their body changes? Does your opinion and your love for them change if they're no longer able to run a 5k? Because the answer is most likely no. You love them. Like When we love someone unconditionally, it means there are no conditions to that, that we're just going to love them because that's who they are. That's what we can create with ourselves when we're not comparing ourselves to ourselves. Like that version of you before is just as worthy as being loved as the version you are is now and the version that will be in the future and you don't have to compare them. And what I just brought to my awareness today with this is those thoughts came up in using that mentality of being in a competition only with myself. I did that because I thought it was useful. I thought it was inspiring me. I thought it was motivating me to take better care of myself, to do more. But what was really happening is I was motivated, like it made me unmotivated. I was motivated to do less because I was associating feeling worse with the exercising and with doing that because that was reminding me of the past is I was less motivated to do it. That's why it's so important to really take a look at all the beliefs that we have and what we're thinking about things to figure out if it's truly helping us because this is one of the ways I see so many people get stuck is in motivating themselves as we talked about before in a previous episode of like using that shame as a way to try to motivate ourselves because we view it as being useful. We believe that it's going to be, it's going to help us be better and then looking at it, it doesn't always work that way. So it's so important to see whether what we think is going to help us is actually helping us. If it's actually serving us in the way that we expect it to, because this comparison has never served me. Even though I'm just comparing to myself, it has never served me. And I've seen it in my clients and it never serves them either. And again, I think this is so important to say again, is this is not something that we are consciously deciding. It is something that we unconsciously do just because of observations that we made. And I think that this is important to recognize because I see a lot of people when I talk about this and they don't see it in themselves because they haven't observed it because they don't have the awareness. And when we spend time to look at it, a lot of times they can find beliefs that aren't serving them that they think are supposed to. And these ones where they think that the shame is going to motivate them and that it isn't. It doesn't produce those long-term results because that's the nature of that emotion. 
All right. And the second way that comparing yourself to yourself isn't useful is that when we're using this approach of you're in competition with yourself and just getting a little bit better than you were yesterday, it gives the illusion that tomorrow will be better or when we have the goal, things will be better. And when we're spending that time and that energy thinking about I'm doing this to be better tomorrow or at least I'm better than I was yesterday is we can spend a lot of time looking at things that we are lacking versus on appreciating where we are, the work we've done. It spends a lot more time focused on the parts that aren't better. And I will say like, of course, when we have the goal, sometimes things do seem better. And in some ways, maybe they are. Like when you have more flexibility, maybe there is less back pain and then you do feel a little bit better or in whatever that goal is for you. But in both experiences, you're going to continue to have comfortable and uncomfortable emotions. And even just last week, I was working with somebody about how they've always pushed themselves to a big goal, thinking that like, oh, like when I get this thing, everything will be okay. And so then they're motivating themselves towards that goal and continuing to work for it. But what has consistently happened throughout their life is they get to that goal that they were expecting and everything wasn't okay 100% of the time. So then they set that next big goal and they're like, okay, well, when I achieve that one, then everything's going to be okay all the time. And it's this constant cycle of sacrificing now for later. And that is really when we get into that endless pattern of sacrificing today for tomorrow. But you can't appreciate tomorrow if you don't learn to appreciate today. Because when you get to tomorrow, you'll be looking towards the next day. Unless you learn the skill of appreciating where you are. Because otherwise, if you are always looking towards the future, well, you will continue to always look towards the future instead of spending some time appreciating how far you've come and where you are today. And even that, I'm just going to point out of how I even just said of appreciating how far you've come. Because you can see how long this comparison has been a pattern in my mind that I'm still saying it in that way of appreciating how far you've come, which is still comparing myself to my past and viewing my past as being worse than my current, which is interesting to see in my own brain. And if any of you are out there thinking, but right now is better than my past. And I can look back and see and like, yeah, in some ways it is. But there are also things I really appreciate about the past. And why don't I spend more time thinking about that rather than thinking about the things I didn't like? Because when we spend time thinking about the things we didn't like, we're just looking for more evidence of stuff that we didn't like. And I just want to give an example of how this influenced me for years because I know that I had this pattern of sacrificing today for tomorrow for years. And so how it looked for me is it was always like one day when this thing is done, then I'll be happy. So it would look like when I get to that goal weight, I'll be happier. When I finish this race, when I graduate college, when I pass my registered dietitian exam, when I graduate with my master's degree, when I finish this internship, it was always like when this thing is done, when this project at work, all of that, I'll have more time. I'll feel happier. I'll feel better. I will feel more successful. I'll feel more accomplished. And it's just putting all of this into this goal of accomplishment that will be better. Or even the client I was working with where it's like, everything will be okay once I get this. And what happened for me was then I had done all those things, gotten through school and was in a job for a while and realized I'm like, oh, there is no one day when anymore because I'm in this job for the next, you know, 
now I'm working for 40 or 50 years until I can retire. And I'm like, do I really want to spend that time looking forward towards retirement? Because that's a lot of my life that I'm then waiting for retirement for versus appreciating where I was in that stage of life. And I knew I just couldn't keep waiting and delaying my happiness for tomorrow anymore. And this right here is kind of what set me down the path of even finding this mindset work that I teach my clients now is I just knew that even though I was in an amazing relationship and had on paper a great job and had a house, had all of these things that I thought I was working for and that like once I got, then my life would be amazing and it was amazing in a lot of ways. But I had this illusion that then I was just going to be happy all the time once I got to this place. It was like in my head, this was a place of arrival where then I would just feel amazing all the time. And then when I got there and I didn't just feel amazing all the time, what happened is I would start to feel bad about it not feeling amazing. Like I had such a good life already. I should really appreciate this more. And I would make myself feel worse about it and then I would feel guilty for not being happier about it because I was like all these are all the things I was supposed to want and these are good things to have and it was just this cycle of making myself feel worse about it and being happier and appreciating more of today comes from our mindset it doesn't come from what we have it is a skill set that we learn and a big part of that skill set is not being unhappy about the times that we're not happy because we can spend a lot of time in that place of feeling anxiety about feeling anxiety, feeling unhappy that we aren't happier. And that detracts more happiness from us and adds more anxiety and more discomfort. And and this goes into one of the really big philosophies that has changed my life, which is the concept that life is always going to be 50-50, that we're always going to experience comfortable and uncomfortable emotions. I used to call them positive and negative emotions, putting positive emotions as like being happy and joyous and feeling love and connection and negative emotions at the time I was feeling doubt or anxiety and annoyed. Now I call them comfortable and uncomfortable based on how they feel physically in my body instead of trying to label them as positive or negative because when I was labeling as positive negative, I would try to reject the negative emotions. And it's really learning that all of these are always going to be part of the human experience and that they're not problems. We don't have to treat our emotions as problems. We can be in the experience of them and allow them to pass without fighting them. Because when we fight them, we make them bigger and stronger emotions. And when we're fighting them, we make the ones we don't want to experience last longer. And whatever we are practicing the most, even if it's something that we are unconsciously practicing, it's what we will continue to experience. So if we are constantly practicing, thinking that tomorrow will be better and focusing on that, then tomorrow is always going to be the day that will be better. Meaning that when we get to tomorrow, we just start looking for like today is tomorrow's yesterday. And if I was still in, if we're always in that mindset of looking for tomorrow and thinking tomorrow things will be better is we will continue to do that for the rest of our lives unless we learn to switch that skill. And there may be days in there that you do appreciate like it's on vacation, but do we really want to live for vacations in retirement? Because that's what I used to think about all the time. And one more thing that I have seen myself do multiple times and seen in the people I've worked with is when we are focused on being a little bit better tomorrow and making this little bit of progress and of viewing getting that goal as being better is we can end up spending most of our time in the gap. And what I mean by that is we spend more of our time thinking about the gap between what we have and what we don't have yet and how much we want that gap to close and how much we want to that result 
and we focus so much energy on not having. So we are in the gap between where we don't feel complete, where we don't feel like we have everything we want and that we can't get it. And then we end up not focusing on what we've already done, what we want that we already have. Because a lot of times, like if I'm in a session and I ask somebody something that they want, it's our brains usually go to things that we want that we don't yet have. Because if you list five things that you want right now, what would you think of? And how many of those things that you said you wanted do you already have? Because a lot of times people will come up with the future goals. They don't usually think of, I want the house that I have. I want a beautiful home. I'm like, oh, I'm recording this in my home that I love to have. And so we don't spend as much time appreciating and feeling the abundance of what we already have. And when we're thinking about the things that we want that we don't yet have is we think about that lack and that scarcity and that gap. And we use that against ourselves. We use that to feel worse about where we are because we don't have everything that we want. And we think that having everything that we want is what's going to bring the happiness when it's not the case. And then what we end up doing is we just continue to practice the skill of being less happy and not having versus practicing the skill of being happier with where we are, with what we have, appreciating ourselves right now and growing this unconditional love for ourselves that we have regardless of what's going on around us. Because when we build that skill of appreciating what we have, loving ourselves unconditionally, all of the things that you want and don't yet have will be so much easier to go out and create for yourselves and to bring into your life because you're coming from this place of already feeling amazing and then you're not so needy and desperate for the thing to happen. And I only, you know, say this from personal experience and from seeing it in clients is how much quicker we are able to accomplish when we are trusting in ourselves and in that more positive place. So just to quickly recap this episode, I know we're taught why comparing ourselves to other people isn't useful because we're always going to be in different stages of our journey. But even comparing to ourselves is still like stealing our joy because we're either comparing ourselves to our past And a lot of times in the way of, especially in the health and fitness and wellness space that I'm in, is like a lot of times it's we've tried and failed things before and then now we're comparing ourselves and viewing ourselves as maybe being worse than we were before and less well off. And then we're feeling terrible about where we are because whether that's the thoughts of I let myself go or any of that, that does not serve us and help us. So comparing ourselves to our past in that way isn't useful, which is why we don't want to build the habit of that. Even if you like where you are more than where you were before, like, yeah, you can learn to appreciate that, but just being careful with it because sometimes we can get ourselves into the situation where we're comparing ourselves to our past and we don't like the changes that we've seen. And then the other part of that is sacrificing today for tomorrow and comparing ourselves to where we are now to where we want to be and then we end up using that against ourselves and not feeling as good about ourselves which leads it to taking longer to get where you want to be because appreciating where we are appreciating what we have is a skill set that we create and we don't create that skill set by focusing on what we don't have and not appreciating where we are so here's something that you can go and do is go make a list of 20 things that you already have or that you've already accomplished or something that you have and you're so grateful and happy to have it and appreciating it, no matter how little or small it is. Like if you're just appreciating like I have clothes to wear, assuming that you do. So it doesn't have to be big, massive things. It can just be family, friends, a pet. It can be whatever you want it to be. 
it can be a really beneficial skill to start appreciating and spending times wanting the things that we already have. Because when we do that, the things that we still want to create for our future, because that's not something I'm saying in this episode, is I'm not saying to not think about the future and not think about what you want to create, but the more we can bring the energy to that from the place of loving where we are already, we're going to have so much more. Because that's what I was doing when I talked about doing yoga earlier, when I noticed myself comparing myself to my old previous flexibility, I switched my mind to be like, but my body is deserving of me taking care of it right now. Like, I love my body unconditionally. And if this is where I am right now, that's a beautiful thing. Like, I am here. So this is where I'm supposed to be. Because saying I'm supposed to still be as flexible as I was before is fighting with the reality of where I am now. And when in the past, when I fought with the reality of where I am now, and then I just stopped doing yoga again, stopped working on the flexibility because it's just making me feel bad because I'm not where I was before. And instead of switching that to, like, I want to take care of my body as it is. And like that place will help me increase my flexibility if that's what I want. And I do want that so much more than comparing myself to where I was before. So that's why appreciating and getting ourselves into that energy of what we want now and feeling how we want to feel about our bodies. Like if I was still that flexible will inspire me to take care of myself to grow my flexibility so much more than beating myself up for not being as flexible as I used to be. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Better Than Healthy podcast. If you want to learn to trust yourself around foods, you can stop overeating and feel more comfortable in your body. I want to invite you to join my coaching program. Come visit me at foodpeacenutrition.com to learn more.